0: Hello and welcome to "On the Shelf: A Writer Reads. I'm your host Rachel A. Brune, and before I was an author and a publisher, I was a reader. Join me every week as I share what I'm reading, chat with other authors about their new releases and make progress towards my Goodreads reading challenge. Grab a cup of your favorite beverage and let's talk about what's on the shelf. Welcome back to On the Shelf a Writer Reads. I'm your host Rachel A. Brune and with me today I have my friend Dana J. Moore. Hi Dana. Hi. Hi. And Dana is somebody that I met through the local writing group several years ago and uh my initial impression was this incredibly outgoing, fun just creative person. And as I got to know her, I found out that she's not just a writer, but she does a thousand other things as well. And since birds of a feather do do tend to flock a little bit together, Dana, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Absolutely.
1: Well, I am um, a writer, not published, but I do enjoy the craft and a big time reader, um, which is something we we share uh, quite a bit. Avid reading is what my parents called it a bit too much, maybe. And I do all the crafts, maybe too many crafts, according to my husband. <laughs> um, a little fiber art, a little painting, a little paper. Um, so anything I can really dabble with. I've got that jack of all trades thing going on. But stay at home mom who likes to keep busy with whatever I can find. <laughs> and musician. Uh, oh, yeah, that's That's true. I am a musician. I did a I've been playing piano for uh, more years than I'm willing to admit on record uh, because it would reveal (laughs) more about my age. No, I've been playing piano since I was eight and did some songwriting in high school in my early 20s. And I always forget about that era of my life because it is just like that has been a part of me for so long. Um, It's not the thing I highlight anymore.
0: (laughs) Well, one of the reasons that I currently read YA titles is because uh, of two reasons one is when i was in the career course a friend of mine recommended that i read the hunger games and i did uh but for me that wasn't really a genre that was more of like a cultural event so i read it really enjoyed it thought the characters were great enjoyed the movies um and then for your birthday you were like let's go see divergent yes
1: (laughs) oh yeah such a great time (laughs)
0: It was a great time, but I had to read the books because we were going to dress up.
1: Right. We did. We did. I remember actually how you were dressed up. Um, I have like a picture of it. That was a good time. But yeah, I, I loved those books. And I'm so impressed that you actually like, committed to reading it before seeing the movie.
0: I had to know how to dress. True. right. <laughs> <laughs> But I wanted to ask, I wanted to kind of start off asking, you know, how first of all, how did you get into reading? And then second of all, what about the YA genre is it that you find like that you find yourself going back to it over and over?
1: Yeah, so as far as getting into reading, my grandmother was a kindergarten teacher over the span of 30 years, and so she taught kids to read, and that was kind of a gift that she had, and so she had me reading, you know, three, early four years old, um, and I really got that reading bug from her, Um, so even by, you know, third grade, we did the, the caterpillar uh, around the room and every green circle had a book on it. And I I contributed like half of the books in the room. I just really love to read and I really love to win stuff. <laughs> so if there's like a pizza prize, if I read 10 or 20 books, like I'm going to do that as an eight-year-old, that that was very easy for me to commit to. Um, and then by the time I got to to middle school, I was reading I was actually reading more like adult fiction, um, you know, stuff that was clean that my parents approved of. Um, and that's probably where I got a lot of my angst, like reading about these adult issues and being like, oh, life is just so hard. I'm 12. I've never had like <laughs> anything really. But I, I lived for that that angsty experience. And so I was, by fifth, sixth grade, I was reading that kind of stuff, really big um, books that really weren't designed for that age group. And so I actually came to YA backwards. I think I read, you know, some more adult stuff through high school. And then in college, I had stopped reading. I was doing schoolwork all the time. I was working and it just, I didn't have any money. So that that flow of like getting books and reading books for fun, just really suddenly stopped and I didn't even notice it. And this is, so here's where I'm like, I need you not to to judge me. But what got me back into reading, can you guess what it is? It was Twilight. Oh, okay. It was Twilight. I was <laughs> in college. My roommate had read all the books and she had gone to see the the first movie had come out. And I I will say I'm not much of a joiner, like, especially if it seems really popular. I'm always like, Oh, it can't be that good. <laughs> which is a terrible <laughs> thing to think. But that my brain just instantly goes, if everybody is reading and talking about it. I want to do something else. Um, and so I spent a lot of time on the hate train just because I was like, if there's so much hype. But eventually she was like, You really should just go like watch the movie and see. And um, I went and saw it with my uncle of all people, and it felt like a weird indie vampire movie, which I was into. I like indie movies. They're always weird, they're always, you know strange music, weird pacing, uh, strange lighting, like everything about it felt very indie to me. And then I'm a big vampire fan. I love Buffy. I have some Buffy like art that I can see right now. Um, Just huge Buffy fan, any kind of vampire story, like I'm, I'm interested in it. So I was like, I'll give this a shot. And I loved the movie. I was on a break from school. So I went out and I bought the first book. And I read it in a day and I had forgotten the high of like binging a book Mm. and I went on and I bought the second one and I wound up reading, like, I think it was just the four books that were out then. And they had like a little bit of Midnight Sun was on her website because it had already leaked. And I read all of that in seven days. And I was like, I just read 4,400 pages in four days. And I forgot I love books and I want to (laughs) write. And it was like this, like like domino effect of, of excitement towards reading and excitement towards writing that happened when I was like 20, almost 21. And so I got back into, I, uh, to reading in general, I kind of hung out in the young adult section of Barnes and Noble every weekend and picked stuff up and gave it a shot. And it tumbled me headlong into that, you know, obsession for a good long time. <laughs>
0: I can definitely relate to having a dry spell of reading and just being like, "Eh, I'm not really into it. And then just picking something up and, oh yeah, this is, this is the enjoyment that comes from just even like the physical action of reading words. Right. You know? Yeah. And you've also, and I don't think this was the, I can't remember the name of the, the, series. I know as soon as I say this you're going to be like it was the series. <laughs> um the the author that you follow that you've actually gone to the New York Barnes and Noble to get their the, to do the reading and the signing and all of that. Yes. Okay, that's the Lunar Chronicles
1: by Marissa Meyer. Fairy tales in space is basically like the hook there. And I when I lived in New York, she was wrapping up the series and I I was like, I absolutely have to come see you at this signing. And what was great is for the signing, the audiobook narrator came too because she lives in New York. So it was like a two for one kind of awesome thing. But oh yeah, I was addicted to that. I still highly recommend it. Great fun.
0: So, all right. So I got to, I have to ask a lot of people will criticize the YA genre They'll be like, there's like one story and it's like one, uh, one girl and two boys and like, that's the story and blah, blah, blah. Um, But obviously there's something more, otherwise it wouldn't be so popular. Yeah. It's interesting that you ask. I definitely
1: don't feel like an expert in this, but I will say that young adult fiction has changed. I mean, the category didn't even exist in the 90s. So it is, you know, kind of defining itself now, figuring out what it wants to be. And so because of that, it's grown into a lot more than what I think outsiders, people who don't read the genre, really understand it to be, but they are still novels like regular novels. You're still exploring a character who's figuring something out and usually it's very significant to them. And I think a lot of times, okay, teens, what they're figuring out, it might be harder for an adult to enjoy a story when they feel like they've already figured that out. And I've had that in some senses as I've gotten older and maybe more jaded. Sometimes I've struggled with the, this teenager is going to save the world when all of the adults can, <laughs> or these teenagers are going to fall in love and stay in love for the rest of their lives. I'm like, you know, that's probably not the the truest story that you can see everywhere. But there is something about it that still resonates. Um, There's something there that maybe it speaks to our inner child. Maybe it speaks to what we wanted when we were that age, or even now that sense of like, you know, all of the dystopian fiction that came out for a good long time. Like you have these stories that are about teenagers literally saving the world. And it's not like that was new. Again, I mentioned Buffy. Like she's a, a cheerleader cheerleader in high school who saves the world. We like that story um, because it's different than how we see the world. And it's what we thought we could do when we were that age. And so it's in a sense like that wish fulfillment. We get to see something that maybe doesn't exist. Or we get to pretend that we had an experience that we didn't have in high school. Um, so that's that's part of what I enjoy about it. Um, and at the same time, you know, the things that I hear my friends talking about are not usually the things that I want to read about in books. You know, I don't I don't want the the tragic, you know, failed marriages and like fertility struggles and those kinds of things. And those books are really real. I do kind of want some simpler stories that aren't quite so um real and heartbreaking give me something else I I'm not a big Jonathan Franzen reader like I read one book of his and I was like is this true to life yes and I hate it I I can't handle this slice of life literary pain (laughs) just (laughs) give me an angsty high school you know romance and and a virus that's killing everybody's parents like i can deal with that <laughs> um but i i couldn't i couldn't go on the france and train it didn't suit my my temperament i think <laughs>
0: um there's some times where you just need a little bit of a uh, of a fun confection yes and i also i will say too that uh you know so we're both moms we yeah. both have kids right around the same age. They're just getting started on their school career. Um, I've got a daughter who will read anything or she'll at least give it a try. Um, right. Sometimes she's like, eh, this isn't for me. My other daughter has kind of struggled with reading. Um, so for me, I'm like, I, I've already seen evidence that my own personal reading journey is not going to be the same journey as my kids are on. Um, it's not the same journey as any other reader is going to be on. I don't think that we really can judge people for if they find pleasure in reading. I don't know if there's any sort of point to judging anybody for any genre. For me, it's very pleasurable to find somebody who can recommend, hey, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Because, yeah, I do want to try stuff, and I want to know what you thought was good in it. Yeah. So that I can try it too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's actually a great way to get
1: to know people as well. It's one of the earliest conversations that I bring up in meeting someone. Um, I kind of give them a softball. Like, what are you into? What do you like? Favorite movies, favorite shows. And then I'm like, are you a reader? What do you like to read? And if they say yes, then we go to town. And if they say no, I try to find something that maybe they would like and not to like force it on them. But usually people are like, oh, I just haven't like Found anything I really like, so then I can go off of what movies and TV shows they like. I'm like maybe you would enjoy this book. It's a standalone; you can just give it a shot. And if you don't like it, that's fine. Um, but it's—I do think it's a—a a good way to connect and see other things by asking and talking to people.
0: I agree, and I think that there's something that you just said that's really important. I have met at this point so many people whose vision of reading is that boring book that they were forced to read. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. But they may read uh you know they there may be a comic book line that they absolutely adore. Yeah. Or they're constantly uh online reading articles or things that relate to their interests or they subscribe to like a magazine that yeah. um you know say they're into cars, right? So right. they'll into uh, they'll subscribe to popular mechanics. And I'm like, well you say you don't like to read, but you you read all the time. It's just yeah. your this idea that you've got stuck in your head is that reading's boring because for a long time it was. People were right. forcing you. I don't personally enjoy reading stuff that I don't like. Right. Same. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah I I, I also enjoy conversations with other readers because when they recommend books, it gives you that little bit of an insight into their personality. Yes. Um, and there's been many times where I'm like, we're going to be friends.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, and I love that feeling. Oh, it's such a good feeling. Um, yeah, I definitely have a few books that I, are my go-to recommendations, as, especially as like an introduction to me. I'm like, this is like a little sliver of my soul, but that's also hard to put out there because then if they don't like it, it's like, do you hate me? <laughs> but you know, just because they don't necessarily like my heart book, you know, we can still we can still hang. Um, but
0: that that comes up a lot too. All right, so I know you just said it's hard to put out there, but what are yeah. some of those books?
1: So one of the the big ones, because I, I have blue hair and I have um, for nine years and I always tell people like a big reason why I officially like took the plunge. I've been dealing with other colors, but I went full head blue. Um, right after the third book of the Daughter of Smoke and Bone series came out, um, they're by Lainey Taylor. First book is called Daughter of Smoke and Bone. And I do, I, I, it's so difficult for me because I feel like I have to give all these caveats. It's a strange book. It's a really kind of bizarre read. Um, there is a a level of patience required to get there because you spend the first half of the book going, what is this about? What are we talking about? Really? (laughs) Um, but I love Laini Taylor's style of writing. I actually think this is a its a great example of an elevated style of writing in a young adult genre. Um, so when, like, down to the line level, she is very masterful with words. Um, maybe a, a leans a little into the purple prose side, but in a way that I think is great, really. It, it's like a, a cozy blanket for me. I love every word of it. Um, and there is a good amount of of angst and like what is happening. There is a little bit of a doomed love story happening. And then you have like monsters and angels who are at war for like a thousand years that are kind of happening in the background. And so I I try to explain it to people. But in the end, I'm like, give it a shot. Get to the second half of the book where everything changes, where you start to really understand what's going on. And, uh, and if you don't like it, that's okay. It's still my heart. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably the biggest one. That's the biggest one that comes up because my hair comes up a lot. Why is your hair blue? And I'm like, well, cause I like it, but also there's this character named Carew and her hair is blue. And I can only read so many books about this, you know, blue haired. She's like, she's not an angel. She's something else, but I, I had to do it. I'm like, i have to take the plunge. I've been thinking about it for so long and now I'm ready. So that was a major contributor. But yeah, that's a big one. I do have a, I keep a top 10 list on my phone of my favorites, like my current favorites. And then I also have recommendations for others. If you like this, here's my list for that. If you like this, here's a list for that. So I'm like ready if I'm asked, you know?
0: Okay. So uh, if I say to you, all right, I like books. With uh, women main characters, maybe not a lot of romance, okay. but I definitely am into urban fantasy, like mm-hmm. monsters and vampires and werewolves and all of that stuff. Okay. So, and I, I'll be honest,
1: I mostly read stuff that has romance in it, that is kind of important to me. Um, but there is a new series that is ju- the second book just came out two weeks ago that's set in the Buffy verse. Um, the first book is called In Every Generation um, by, I think her name is Kendare Blake. And I stumbled on it totally by accident. I don't remember even how I found it, but it's the fastest book I've ever bought. I I saw like an ad for it, the very first ad and immediately like download done because um, I'm a huge Buffy fan. So it is, it is the next generation and every generation a slayer is born and so and it's not it wasn't very romantic that wasn't the plot line it's very like i am a slayer and i don't know what i'm doing and i don't want to give away the inciting incident is actually really <laughs> compelling if you're a buffy fan um and it felt it feels like the world it has all of that like you know i'm a teenager and like the weight of the world is on my shoulders and I am so unprepared for that. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it was a great ride. I haven't read the second book yet, but I do. I did pre-order it. I do have it in my possession. And I'm, I'm excited to to reread book one and dive into book two. So yeah, a lot of fun. Very funny book too. Funny and...
0: You've literally just convinced me I'm going to have to find this book because that, that does. It that sounds exactly like something <laughs> that I would read. That's a win. <laughs>
1: Yay. I hope you love it. I hope you love it.
0: So I got two more questions for you. And the first one kind of goes back to the the conversation we're having about the Divergent series. Yeah. Um, I remember that when we went, I had dressed up as like the black and white, very justice, rules mm-hmm. following. And I hate to say this, but that's still who I am. Right. Sure. Like the part, the people, the clan, or the the group in the book that I identified with back then, I'm still like that. Yeah, that's totally me. Yeah. How about you? I'm, I'm trying to remember who you dressed up as, and then I and I was like, are you still there? Yeah. So th- what's great
1: about me and when I dress up? I love to dress up as characters. I don't go full on. Um, what's the word? Cosplay. Okay. I, I I don't have that quite in me. Um, but it is always a little bit of getting to be what I'm not. And so when I dress up for Divergent, I dress as Dauntless. So Dauntless is the fearless, you know, they have to jump on and off a train to get anywhere. They zip line through the city of Chicago, through buildings. Like they they are all about the hijinks. They are all about the big thrills. Um and honestly, I'm probably not as much that as much as I want to be that, you know, I would love to be the daredevil who is like not afraid of anything and is like always having a good time. Um, so that was I definitely dressed up as that. I wanted to be this like you know cool hard chick um, in reality. So the uh, there's dauntless, there's um, erudite, the very smart. You know they value knowledge, um, order, structure, that kind of stuff. Um, candor were very. Honest, like honest to a fault, maybe they're the ones who like, they're going to say what they think even if it hurts you. I'm not that. I'm really, really not that. Um, Abnegation are the like selfless. And I'm, I'm willing to say I'm, I'm also not that at all. Um, And Amity was the last one. And they are, I think they're the last one. If I'm not, I don't know. But Amity, they are more leaning. That's how I kind of interpret them. You know, that's where the bards fit in. That's where the storytellers and the the hippies and all the boho magnificence, that's where that lives. And the older I get, the more I'm like, that's my camp. (laughs) Like I want to wear flowing, you know, linen garbs and sit outside with the lute and just like (laughs) tell stories with my friends around a fire. That sounds great to me. Please don't put me in charge of anything. Please don't make me have to organized stuff I just want to hang out and enjoy music and and beauty Uh, so that that's where I I actually fit in Uh, and that even like Harry Potter you know I would definitely say I used to want to be like like Gryffindor and all this stuff and I'm more of the Hufflepuff like I just want to I want to chill I want to enjoy life and friends and people
0: Uh, I don't really think there's anything wrong with that neither do I right I think it's great (laughs) everybody needs a bard (laughs) (laughs) that's true we should get that on a t-shirt everybody needs a bard yes (laughs) (laughs) emotional support bard yes oh this is
1: great you already have a merch line coming i'm here for it i'm here for it
0: so my last my last question i you know like i said before we're both moms and we're both trying to figure out how to pass on this love of reading yes and so I, that's that's my question for you is have you done anything and if so what to to both encourage but maybe not scare away your kids from reading
1: yes this is a great question so i do uh, i'm very passionate about reading and trying to encourage my kids towards reading and mine are much the same as yours i have one who reads a ton and one who i'm actually really surprised is not interested in reading Um, he can read and I felt like he picked up on reading even faster than my other son but it's just not the thing he wants to spend his time doing which I try not to like feel heartbroken about it but we do story time every night Um, I even though they're older they're getting into you know i have a fourth grader you know turning 10 and I still read aloud to them every night. And I've read a lot there's a lot of um advocates kind of for continuing to read aloud to children even as they get older uh because it it helps to keep their mind engaged with it. It helps keep them um that storytelling structure, you know, even if they're just listening. So I love audiobooks like it's still really helpful for their brains even if they're not reading it themselves. And so I bring books that I want to read to them. Right now, I'm reading them The Little Prince, uh, which is a book I I had to read. This was required reading in eighth grade, but I loved it. I think it's so whimsical and weird. Um, And so I feel like I've been waiting like 20 years to read this book to my kids, and it's finally time. I've read through some of their series, but I find that by coming to them with books I mean, they ask me every night, are you going to read to us? Are you going to read to us? And sometimes it's late. I'm like, we're past bedtime. You you need to go down. But that, will you read to us? Okay, fine. One chapter. You know, yes, I will. Because it's important. And it's a, an important part of our like relationship. It's an important part of their wind down time. And so I I like that. But I do struggle. You know, I want to find things that they're interested in. Um, so my husband bought my oldest son all of the Goosebumps books, like, all of them, slowly collecting them off of eBay. Some of them are old and falling apart. Like some of them are harder to find. And I mean, for a year, he read, he's read everything and he reads them so fast. Like in a day, he can do like two in a day because they're very short. Um, but then every time my husband like finds another one, brings it like immediately has to read all of it. So I lean into if they like something I encourage them to read it. It's not always going to be The Little Prince or, you know, something that maybe is more like elementary literature. Like this is an important part of your learning. Sometimes it's going to be goosebumps. Sometimes it's going to be Captain Underpants, which I, I literally was looking at today as like, you know, a possible gift idea. And I'm like, I just, I'm not quite there. <laughs> um but they already have a few books. I I wanted to find something else to kind of expose them to. But they love it. They love Captain Underpants. They love all the goofy stuff. And so I'm like, sure, let's go for it. Um, if you're into it, let's lean into it. And I find that encouraging them and what they like, then they're willing to try other things that I like that I think this could suit you this might be interesting and now I'm actually trying to like have a list these are the books we own because we own a lot and like let's try to do a different one instead of coming back to the same ones if you're like oh I finished a book what should I read well here's your list pick something and then see if you like it and if you don't like it like we don't we don't need to keep this many books we can put them in the little free library down the street um but Just to have that, like, let's try the books that we already own before I keep (laughs) buying you more Captain Underpants books uh, and, and, you know, see how we go. So that's kind of been my method. I recommend it. Keep reading to your kids. I I started when they were little, like babies, before they could understand anything. We're reading board books and um, just to carry it on. And if you didn't do that when they're younger, like it's never too late to start. I really do think, you know, you can create a culture of reading just by starting to read around your kids and with your kids and making that normal.
0: Yeah, mine definitely. um, Even before they really understood the story, especially the board books that had like the textures that they could reach out and touch the textures. Mm -hmm. Um, LJ, my oldest, she loves Captain Underpants. Yes. (laughs) She loves uh, Phoebe the Unicorn. Okay. And she also has started writing her own comic books correct yeah because of oh okay so this is a format that i can yeah um that she can participate in uh the she's currently into the series called the last kids on earth okay my kids are obsessed with it i couldn't find the next book that they needed at the store today
1: Uh, i'm gonna have to to order it somewhere i don't know but oh yeah they love it
0: so I, I've stopped um yeah, we I definitely do have um I definitely do have books that I'm like, hey, do you wanna try this? And sometimes the like I said, she's into it, sometimes not. My youngest, I think I have read the Green Ninja book, like the Ninjago series, yeah, three nights in a row because yeah. she's so into Ninjago and she is like the green ninjas, her, her dude, I guess. And so <laughs> she's like, will you read this to me? I said, yes, I will.
1: Yes, again.
0: <laughs> yes, <you're
1: right. laughs> oh man. Yep. And then, and we just do it. Like, this is what you're, you're obsessed with. You're into. Yeah. Yeah. My four year old does the same thing. We, she has a, a favorite book at any given time and it will just read it every single day for a, longer than I'm comfortable with. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but last kids on earth that comes back around to the like kids saving the world kind of thing. I mean, that's kids enjoy that. I think it gives them maybe some empowerment, some excitement and feeling more um, brave. And I don't know, there's something to that storyline that I think resonates with kids and adults.
0: I would agree. And I would also say that I think we, we live in a world where kids are going to need to learn how to be brave and yeah. there's only so much they can learn from us as parents. And I hate saying that, but I know it's true. Yeah. So, you know, a, a book that says, Hey, you're important and your experiences are important. And, you know, you can dream of being somebody who can do these brave things. Yeah. i yeah, down. I'll buy yeah. that book for my kid. Yep. Same. I'm right there. So, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I have enjoyed. We haven't seen each other for a while, so like this has been the perfect opportunity to catch up and talk about the thing that we normally talk about when we get together. <laughs> it's so
1: true. I've loved it. It's been great. I I I miss this like this interaction of
0: just geeking out on books.
1: It's been great. So thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Um, So if anybody was like, hey, this person sounds interesting and I definitely want to know what's going on with her, where can they find you online?
1: Yeah. So I am on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and I guess Facebook. Facebook connects to my Instagram uh, under the handle The Danaverse.
0: (laughs) It is my own little universe of things that I love. So many (laughs) things. Yeah. And it's an awesome place to hang out. I say that from experience. Thank you. <laughs> you have been listening to an episode of On the Shelf, A Writer Reads. This has been a Devil Tree production. All the books mentioned in the podcast can be found in the series notes. If you would like to help make this show happen, you can tip me on my coffee page. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, or simply like, subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Thanks for listening, and see you next week on the Shelf.